Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 1, Season 2 of The Standoff with Brad here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. It was the final uh, week of trials um, just week gone, so I'm really looking forward to discussing the results. And I'm not going to be talking about them alone this week as I'm joined by my good friend Richard. Rich, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi Brad. Thanks for bringing me in with you. It's good to yeah, no worries. be here and chat some footy. Yeah, definitely. So um, we've been Warriors members together for um, 15 years before you decided to to leave Auckland and go down to Wellington. Um, would you like to let everyone know a little bit about yourself before we go on? Yeah, you bet. Um, so I was born and bred in Auckland, um, South Auckland, grew up there, and uh, I'm what you would call a day one warrior fan, like, like just like yourself, mate. Um, and, yeah, I, I was the kid at, at school running around pretending to be the little general in Gene Namu and, and guys like that. Um, so a few years down the road, I, I I think I was about 20 years old, I, I started working at a place and met a bloke equally as crazy about the the Warriors roller coaster as I was, and, and that's yourself, Brad. And then, like you say, we teed up some season memberships for a better part of 15 years and had some great times and had some great, great memories there at Mount Smart. Um and I'm also a firm believer in the this is our year movement. You know, this year's no different. If we keep saying it one year, it'll happen. Uh, yeah. yeah definitely. It's definitely our, our mantra. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, so while while we're live here on Wednesday evenings um, at 8 p.m., you can also catch the show via the podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. So tonight we're going to be covering um, all you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including the top stories of the week. Um, we'll do a review of the trial matches. Um, we'll have a bit of a break and answer some questions. And um, then with no games um, coming up this weekend, I thought we'd do um, some early predictions, kind of putting ourselves on the line with some um, fearless predictions on what we think is going to be happening this year. Okay. I just 
I, I, I just could not uh, could, could not go by without sharing this um, photo from uh, uh, the legendary Marty Banks um, Facebook page, um, looking at uh, saying it's uh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, we're part of that club. Uh, the, yes, yeah, <laughs> that will be happening. I, I feel it. Um, but yes, it's always good for you to to make fun of us. It's cool. Um, we're we're used oh, to it as Warriors fans. Yeah, so love the Marty Banks page. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll do some early predictions on how we think the season's going to go, um, and then I'll go into a bit of a preview of next week's episode. Um, so remember to send through your comments and questions throughout the show, and um, we'll try to answer everything we can. So let's just get in the top stories of the week, Richie. Um, Hooker injuries. Um, there was quite a few in the trials. Um, the two biggest ones, obviously, was Harry Grant. Um, I talked about him quite a lot last yep. week about how I thought he would be a shoo-in for Dally M. Um, he's going to be out for about a month with a medial ligament injury. Um, Storm obviously are terrified of losing him because they've only got a backup in the New Zealand hooker. They cover um, him very easily, don't they? They cover him easily. Yeah. It's crazy the depth they got there, but um, do you see it affecting the Storm season, having him out for the first month? No, I don't think so, mate. Just like you touched on, they, they slot the cheese in there. They don't lose anything, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's just a good player. I mean, it's a tight call having Harry Grant start over over Brandon Smith, in my opinion. But, you know, like I say, they lose a bit of depth, but it's... In terms of starting, I don't think they lose anything. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And um, unfortunately, on the other end of the scale, Wade Egan, um, he was injured in the Warriors trial, which we're going to talk about in a, in a few minutes. But um, he had a high grade, I've got it here, a high grade medial collateral sprain in his album, uh, elbow. Good news, though, is that he should only be out a week. So um, he should be back for round two. Um, with Carl Lawton out, the Warriors are got a bit slim pickings with hooker um what would you do in this situation for round one yeah for round one um well i i suppose you i'd chuck tavanga in there at nine um th- th- he's sort of done it before and it would make sense just to sort of if it's only a short-term thing to to put pop in there him in there in my opinion and um, then we can cover cover jazz, uh, but yeah, I'd put jazz in at hooker. I think I, I'm glad it's only a, it's only a week or so that Egan's going to be out. You know, I sort of um, with Lawton out, he's the last guy you sort of want having a lengthy spell, and I think this year he was sort of primed to have a decent year. I think. Yeah, um, I've got big wraps on him um, if he stays fit. That was a concern when he got signed with the Warriors. He had a few shoulder injuries with Penrith, mm. um, but and he played most of last season with an injury too, which probably didn't help. But um, I saw a few comments from Phil Gould saying it wasn't as bad as it looked, and if it was a regular game season, he probably would have actually played through. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as soon as I heard that, I knew it wasn't too bad. So, yeah, I think one or two weeks um, is probably the limit of losing your only hooker. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've got some more news on that a little bit later. Um, but we'll go on to some signing news. I've got um, Jerome Luai. He's re-signed with the Panthers until 2024. Um, I don't think there was really any doubt that he wasn't going to stick around. I think he really likes that um, partnership with Nathan Cleary. 
And um, yeah, I would have been shocked to see him go elsewhere, but it's good to see a young guy getting his future sorted. You got any thoughts on Luai? Uh, yeah, uh, quality player. Um, even better as a partnership with Cleary, you know. So um, for two such young guys, they show pretty pretty massive um, maturity. You know, they, they play like a couple of halves with old heads on their shoulders. Um, I think with those two there, they'll be, they'll be there or thereabouts for the next, you know, at least a couple of years. Yeah, um, definitely. So good, good, good news for them to wrap him up. Yeah, and also with the Panthers, Stephen Crichton's re-signed till the end of 2023. Um, I know there were a lot of clubs interested in trying to um, just steal him off the Panthers, but um, they managed to get their man. And I, I think he is in that group with Cleary and um, Lulawaya and, and all that that are going to keep this Penrith team together and an actual competitive side for the next couple of years. Yeah, agreed. Uh, another piece of the he's another piece of the puzzle. Um, and last year or so has been in great form. So, you know, again, good news for the Panthers. Yeah, definitely. And um, another young guy that's been getting a lot of press um, on this show and in the NRL in general, but um, Joseph Suwali, um, the young 17-year-old, he um, scored a double in his first taste of first grade um, footy in the weekend in a trial game. Um, there's a lot of pressure on him as a 17-year-old um a lot of people pushing for him to go straight into the Roosters and play first grade properly in the in the regular season. Um, I think my question for it is, should kids at this age have so much of a spotlight on them? What do you think? Uh, it's a lot of pressure to put on a young kid. It is, mate. And um, I don't even think, is he going to get an exemption? Because from what I understand, you can't play in the NRL unless you're over 18. Is that true? That's true. Um, the Roosters are trying to push an exemption at the moment. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. You know, I mean, for me, what's the rush? He's 17, you know, another another year in the lower grades and, and come back. But, you know, um, he, he looks he looks like he could probably handle it, having having watched the footage of the game. I mean, looks looks a talent for sure. I think he, he will go on and, and be a be a uh, good player in the NRL. So, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, don't think um, of him waiting, waiting out another year or a year or so. What do you think? Yeah, I think if, if I, yeah, I think he just needs to bide his time. Um, the Roosters, if you're putting him out there, that's effectively taking one of the Morris brothers out of your side. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, he looks like a great talent, but I don't think he's a good enough talent to get rid of one of those guys just yet. And uh, if I can bring it into like a Warriors point of view, we had it ourselves when I, Ivan Cleary was the coach. He um, held Sean Johnson back for quite a long time, and mm. people, myself included, were like, "We're we're not doing well. We've got to, this kid's a superstar. We've got to get him out mm. there." And Cleary kept holding him back, kept holding him back. And then when he decided that he was ready mentally enough to be playing first grade, that's when he brought him in. And then, yeah, mm. his first year, they went all the way to the grand final and it worked. Um, not all the way, unfortunately. But, yeah. yeah, I think I think the best person to make the decision is the coach. So Trent Robinson's going to know um, himself if this kid's ready or not. And, um, mm. yeah, time will tell. Well, I, I also think it's a case of... Um... Do they really need? Do they need to rush them in? Look at look at the talent they got in in, in their team. I don't yeah. think there's there's any real need to rush them, you know. But 
Hey, you like you say, time will tell. Definitely. And um, one thing that came out of the trials was the pace of the game due to the new rules. Um, the six again rule, um, I covered it briefly last year, but the six again rule has been extended out to include offside calls now and scrums are no longer being used for when a player or the ball goes um, over the sideline. Um, one stat I got was from the Panthers-Eels game. In the first half, the ball was um, in play for 32 minutes out of the 40 and... If you compare that to last year, um, they averaged 56 minutes a game with the ball in hand. So um, it's a huge jump up. Uh, some of the Eels players actually came out after the game complaining about the pace, saying that um, they were struggling to breathe and it was a bit too hard on them. But the rules that they brought in now from the NRL is in their vision of making the NRL more exciting. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoyed seeing the ball in play a bit more. Um, and I think it's just going to get to um, you've got to adapt or you're going to fall behind. So um, I was one of the ones last year when they brought this rule in saying that um, after the first week um, and the Storm didn't play well, that the Storm were history and um, they didn't have a chance to survive. They went on, adapted and won the whole thing. So um, it shows what I know um, of first term <laughs> expressions. But um it's the teams like the Storm that learn to adapt on the fly and change that succeed. So that's yeah. what the Eels are going to have to do. The Eels yeah. are the biggest ones complaining. Well, that's the Storm are the best at adapting, aren't they, really? Um, but, yeah, it's a spectator thing, you know. It's all spectator-driven and um, they think faster faster product, uh, more exciting product. Um, but I, I'm like yourself. I'm I'm a, I'm. I'm for it. I think it's pretty cool. It just brings in another interesting element into the game in terms of things like bench compositions and things like that. And a team like ours, having a guy like Jazz Tavanger on your bench is, um, you know, uh, ideal for that sort of thing. I like it. I think it's, I think it's pretty positive stuff. Yeah. I think we like it because we don't have to actually run around. Uh, yeah, but I think if I was a player, I'd probably be a bit different, but, um, a player of my stature isn't really designed for NRL anymore. They're going for big mobile players instead of just yeah. big players. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to change the dynamic of your interchange. I think you'll find a lot more forward-heavy benches to keep up with this pace and um, relying on those smaller guys to um, kind of play the 80 minutes and keep up. But, um, yeah, I think the big thing, the NRL need to try to get more people into it They've got a competitive market in Australia with AFL and stuff. And yeah. over here, they're, they're fighting unions. So if they can get a more exciting, quicker pace compared to what union can do, they might be thinking they can try to steal some people from there as well. So um, it's all about trying to get eyeballs on the on the, on the, on the content, really. So, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, we're just going to wait and see if it affects them with injuries like it did last year. And that, but yeah, it should be exciting starts of the the season for sure. Agreed. Um, next bit of news I got is the NRL have announced that they're pushing their signing deadline out. It used to be on the thirtieth of June. You had to get your your thirty man squad signed in. They've actually pushed that out to the first of August. Um, it effectively means a team doesn't have to finalise their roster until round twenty. Um, there were a few a few pros and a few cons in the reports that I, I read, um, but one of the biggest issues people in Australia have found is that, um, say you've got a team in the playoff hunt 
and um, they could potentially sign a 600 to 800k player from a club that's out of playoff contention for substantially less money because obviously that 800k is for a year going we've got you for a couple of rounds we'll pay you this much um another situation which is uh, a common thing on the standoff is cameron smith so with this new rule um he could potentially sit out um until round 20 and then just come into a team um get paid a, a smaller amount of money than he would we mentioned it last week the NL said he has to get paid 500k yeah. or more um if you're only playing a handful of games at the end it's a percentage of that so um it could be something, say, you've got the Titans in like between seven and 10 on the ladder or heading round 20. They sign Cameron Swift going, this will help us bump in. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think it what all it really means is Cameron Swift's going to be a regular occurrence of the show up until probably August. So, yeah, um, yeah he, he's never out of out of the standoff's heart, I guess. Um, what are your thoughts on the on the rule change? Um, well, it's it's tough to find a perfect science um, in that department, really, is it? Isn't it? So, um, yeah, whatever you put in place is always going to have its pros and cons. Um, yeah, it, time will tell. But you know, yeah, we'll, we'll I know. Um, yeah, there. Um, I see. Yeah, Simon's commented that rugby league's a very adaptable sport, accommodating fan bases. Yeah, and they've shown yeah. it. Um, even last year on the fly, making that six again rule when um, so many other rule changes that they've done in the past, um, all in the aid of trying to make it a, a more pleasant experience to watch. Um, so, yeah, it's um, I think every year we're going to see little tweaks that they're going to do trying to make it more exciting. Mm, I think you're right. I think they are a bit more proactive with their, their rule changes if they think it's going to, um, you know, have a positive effect on their product. Uh you look at them compared to Super Rugby, like you say, they they can pull trigger on their rule changes um, at the drop of a hat, which is a, a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, on to more signing news. Adam O'Brien has extended his contract as the Knights head coach for a further two seasons. Um, I think it's a great move for him. Um, the Knights are obviously confident he can get them to where they need to be. Um, I know Storm were a bit disappointed because um, the rumours were the Storm were eyeing him up to take over from mm -hmm. Bellamy when Bellamy announces what he's going to do at the end of this year. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I think the Knights have got themselves a great coach. You got any thoughts on O'Brien? Yeah, agreed. He's um seems to be a pretty good coach, you know. Um, so uh, that's good news for the Knights. Um, hopefully he can, he can sort of... Bring something out of them because uh, on paper their their squad looks nice and strong, you know, and they've got superstars sort of um, throughout their throughout their lineup. Um, but they sort of like like uh, last season just gone was sort of firing mid table. So you know we'll see if he can get some consistency out of them and and hopefully get um, Mitchell Pierce in the right headspace. Uh, you know he's had a bit of a tough preseason, so. Um, that that's the challenge there, but you know I think if if he gets Mitchell Pierce on board and and Pong is firing and and with Frizzell there, I think you know they they could they could push for playoffs this year. Yeah, I think yeah they've got a, definitely got a competitive side. So um yeah they just got to find some consistency. I think they'll do well. Hmm. 
And um, next little news I got, I've got um, Tom Amoni. He's left the Rabbitohs effective immediately to join the Tigers on a one-year deal. Um, he's a very good young um, forward, and I think the Tigers needed a bit of depth in the forwards, and um, he wasn't really going to get into the Rabbitohs um, 17 for first grade. So I think it's it's a win-win for both sides. It frees up um, a squad space for the Rabbitohs if they're looking out for another key to their um, their squad, and it gives the Tigers another forward. So yeah. um, I haven't seen a lot of his games, but from what I've seen, I like it. Yeah, I, I, nor have I, mate. I, I haven't seen a lot of him, but, you know, if it makes sense for both parties, then good move. Definitely, and um, we'll get into a little bit of Warriors chat now. Um, still no confirmation as of yet about Jerome Hughes on if he's going to sign with the Warriors for next year or not. Rumours say um, a decision is going to be made sooner rather than later. Um, I was listening to um, Matty Johns, and he basically said it's a confirmed deal. I think he said it was... Hughes was coming to the Warriors and Sean Johnson was going to the Storm. Um, but no one said anything on either side. So um, um, we'll leave the Sean Johnson part out of it. What are your thoughts about Hughes and possibly coming to the Warriors? Bring it on, man. Bring it on. I like him, mate. Um, I'm excited if he comes here. You know, I you, lo- you look at Jerome Hughes and pre- he's a premiership winning playmaker, you know, Um we can do with a bit of that here, and I think having him here covering Haas fullback, he, he'll definitely he'll definitely cushion that loss of RTS nicely. You know, he might not be RTS, but you know, bring him on. Yeah, <laughs> he can be good. To yeah, have him here. yeah, definitely. And with um, Cody Nikarima potentially leaving, there's been no announcement on what's happening at the end of this year with him. Um, you've got a, a quality half that can slot right in there with Chanel and. Um, He's done the jump. He was a fullback that went into a number seven in the storm. And Millie, it's the storm. So you kind of have a little bit of um, protection there with how many quality players they have. But you couldn't throw me in at halfback and expect the storm to win a premiership. You have to have talent. And, um, yeah, I think he'd be a great addition. I'm a bit iffy on the the rumoured price, but Mm. um, it's it's renowned the Warriors generally have to pay overs to get players to cross the ditch. So um, whatever gets it across the line. We'd need to pay overs in this instance, wouldn't we? It's just like any other time. And especially for somebody like him already coming out and saying, I don't know if it's a try and bump my price up move on his part, but saying that the culture, the storm is is worth more than than, uh, big dollars. But, you know, we'll see, mate. Money yeah. does, t- and if the price is good enough, he, he might be enticed. Definitely. So, um, yeah, we've just got to wait and see, and as soon as we've got news, it will obviously be on our show. So um, more Warriors, though. Um, they've announced they're going to wait until the season starts before they look at signing another hooker to their squad. Obviously, we talked about Wade Egan being injured. Lawton's basically out all year. Um they actually had the 30-man squad, but they've released Junior Rituva um, from the squad. Um, very talented young player, but he's got, um, I think it's a pectoral injury that's going to see him miss most of the season, and he's actually in New Zealand as opposed to being in Oz. So mm. the chances of even if he was healthy getting him over um, isn't there, so they've managed to release him. He's going to be back with the squad next year, so they haven't just let him go and say you can sign someone else. He's just basically sitting at home waiting until he can get with the Warriors again. But it gives them that extra spot. And rather than 
making a, a quick judgment to just grab whoever they could. Um, they want to wait and say, um, see if they can see a player that's potentially not getting the game time they would originally want mm. um, and luring them over. So um, it's, I think it's not a bad option. It's better than just making a snap judgment call. And the fact, as we mentioned, Egan's only out for one, maybe two weeks. It's not as dire. If, if he was out for the season, I think they would probably already be calling people. They probably are already putting feelers mm-hmm. out there um, to see what see players anybody? are like. Mm. Um, do, you, do you see anybody you think you, you, you would jump onto? Not really. The The only two that are like definitely not playing NRL first grade this year right now that I know of off the top of my head is Isaac Luke and Danny Levi. Mm. Um, I would take either of them. They're, they're proven. Um, but I'm sure there's some other young players that they might be looking at that will probably fit mm. with their dynamic and are probably more likely to come over because you're basically signing them to say, we need you now. But when Egan's back, Egan's taking over and you'll be playing reserve grade again, possibly. So I think they'll be looking at a younger player that's just looking for a chance. A bit like we saw with last year with Jack Murchie. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was stuck in the Raiders and wasn't going to get a chance anywhere. He was loaned over, but then stayed. So mm. um, I think it's players like that. And Surinan's probably a good example with the Warriors right now. Um, with the Rabbitohs, wasn't going to get a chance, took just took um, the option of coming here and he'll he'll most likely be in the 17 as opposed to playing reserve grade in Sydney. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I think as long as Egan can stay healthy, I think they'll be okay. Yeah, I think, yeah. I Put it this way, I was relieved to hear the news that it wasn't as bad as first thought. That that sort of eases the, eases the panic a bit. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, and some news that was actually just announced tonight, the Warriors have announced they're not going to be playing any games in New Zealand this year, even if a trans-Tasman bubble does open up. Cameron George advised that um, the travel back and forth between the countries is still too big a risk for the NRL to take. Um, he didn't say the NRL have told us we're not allowed to do it. He said it's a decision the club's made. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathan Brown's going to be... Um, having a discussion with the the players and their families um, during the week. And um, I think it's probably going to be the same conversation they had last year, saying that we're not holding you here. If that's too much um, for you, you can go home type mm. approach. Um, obviously, that information is going to flow out throughout this week, and I'll be able to give you an update next week. But um, what are your thoughts, uh, Richie, on the fact that the Warriors will be Australian Warriors for the second year in a row? Well, it's just the nature of uh, the times, isn't it, really? Um, unfortunate for, for the boys that they don't get any games at Mount Smart, you know, and, and they don't get that that uh, that real Warriors home crowd at Mount Smart to get behind them. But um, the news wasn't unexpected, to be honest. Um, no. I, th- I thought, you know, once we heard about what would happen, it would this would be the... This would be the case. Um, yeah, hopefully it um, the boys galvanise. Um, you know, the news galvanises them and sort of has a similar effect that it did on them last year. Um, hopefully, something can be sorted out for their families and stuff as well to make make it a bit easier on them. Yeah, um, on that there was a lot of talk. I listened, I watched um, one of the NRL shows last night, and they were talking about 
all the teams and how they think they're going to go. There's a lot of pundits in Australia talking about living away from home will be too hard for the Warriors, but they've already kind of showed that they can do it. Um, and you would expect now that they've done it before, they would be better at it and they've got their families with them. So I don't see it as an argument. Um, obviously, maybe in a couple of weeks, if the Warriors aren't doing well, we could say um, maybe it is having an effect, but I don't see it being that big of an issue. And I think like last year, if any players do think it's an issue, they're going to ask to come home. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm going, uh, um, I have, like, I, I very much think it'll be similar, you know, having them all sort of together will, will give them that sense of brotherhood and, and, and have a good effect. Oh, fingers crossed. I'm hopeful, but yeah, time will tell. Um, we just got a question from uh, TK via the uh, um, Brad's Ramblings Facebook page, uh, and he's saying, "Where would you play Hughes? Would it be uh, would it be um, half half or fullback?" Um, I'd be putting it half. Um, yeah. What about you, Rich? Um, it's a good question. It was one I, I forgot to fire at you earlier, Brad. I was going to ask you that when you brought him up. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I I wouldn't mind giving him a try at fullback. Eh? I mean, with with Tuivasa shit going, uh, what do you know? What his preferred position is? What does he prefer? He prefers being a half. He so, does, um, yeah. if if I was in charge and I could do it and talk all the players into agreeing, which is always the hard part, um, <laughs> I would have Chanel and Jerome in my halves. I would keep Cody and move him to hooker. And I would either recruit someone in to be fullback or give one of the young guys a bit more time this year and give them the promotion. Um, mm. I think you you still have enough money in the cap to be able to get Hughes and then get another fullback. Not You might not get a James Tedesco-style fullback, but I think you can still get a, a very competitive fullback for a reasonable price. What about promoting our young bloke... Um... Paul Turner. Paul Turner, I'd like to give him a go. I know that he also um, is a bit more keen on trying to be a half than mm. a fullback, but I think a lot of these players, um, if you give them the chance, they'll they'll probably play anywhere. Yeah. Um, we should, uh, we're, and hindsight's a beautiful thing, but we probably should have been a bit more firm with chance and say, no, you're going to see out your contract rather than releasing them early to the Raiders because... Now he's competing to be one of the best fullbacks in the game. So, yeah, hindsight, <laughs> like you say. <laughs> um, also from TK, he says, look, um, when we do have a home game, the stadium is going to be packed. So, question for you guys: Where do you host the next home game? Do you host? If, so, obviously not this season. Opening game of the uh, of of the season yet? Given the big opening game, because hey, uh, you've 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 not been uh, NRL really cool about it. Uh, do you hold it at Mount Smart with um, 30,000 or do you say, you know what, we're going to get, um, everyone wants a ticket for this. It's the biggest show in town. We'll move it up to Eden Park and have the 50K. Which one do you do? I, I'm i probably biased here because I hate Eden Park with a passion. Um, but I would do it at Mount Smart. I, I hope they go with Mount Smart because that's where the fans love to go rather than doing the we need to make money because we've made no money in two years let's go to the biggest stadium we can um 
I, and it's not only, yeah, but it's my, give, give the most fans the opportunity to uh, to experience it as well. Uh, you've got to care about the, the 10 fans that turn up every week first. Um, Brad, and I, Brad and I sat through a lot of losses at Eden Park, I think. That, yeah, I think we're, we've, won, we've won once there. Yeah. And we're, we've had troubles there. We've had um, we've had cars towed. We've had um, trains delayed where we get there at half time when we hopped on a train hours and hours before game. Um, a lot of bad experiences at Eden Park. So, um, but if that's what they announce, I will be there. So, um, yeah. But your, it, uh, your call would be uh, would be Mount Smart than both of you guys. For me, yeah. yeah. We're biased, but yeah. Well, obviously, I think you'd, 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 you'd be saying, no, 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 Sky Stadium in Wellington is where they should play the next yeah. game. I would take that, Paul. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. I'd, then I'd definitely be there. <laughs> For those of you that know, Richard's down in, down in, uh, down in, um, down in the capital. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, cool. That's a nice stadium as well, though. It's better than Eden Park. So, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, and then I see, yes, Simon said, um, did any of you guys watch the under-20s competition for New Zealand this last weekend? Do you guys, what do you think of it? I didn't get to watch a lot. I did watch a little bit um, of one of the Auckland teams. I think it was Auckland White, which is coached by Francis Nelly. Um, I got to see a little bit of it. I, I'm looking forward to actually getting to watch a bit more of it because um, that's um, it's something we're actually going to touch on in the next bit of news I have. But... It's something New Zealand Rugby League's trying to push now, having this under-20s comp to try to get more young talent into the game and actually get them ready for the NRL. And fingers crossed, stop so many of them going to Australia early, um, which would potentially mean some of the big stars that come out of it will um, end up in Warriors colours. Did you see any of it, Rich, or nah? No, I didn't actually, mate. Um, I, I caught some of, obviously, the, the trial matches. Um, I didn't get to see any of the... The 20s competition that Simon's asking about there. Um, yeah. Um, did you catch it, Simon? What did you think? Let us know, mate. I, I didn't actually get to see it, unfortunately. Yeah, I see. Simon said he was watching the game live in Rotorua. Yeah, I saw it was in Rotorua. Um, that's actually, talking about stadiums, that's actually a stadium I really love. I used to go every year down for the Warriors trial that I'd play there. Um, it's very little, um, but it's just a, it's a pretty nice trip going from Auckland mm. all the way down there. Um, but, yeah, it's um, a lot of young talent there, um, which, yeah, goes straight into this next um, bit of news I had. So the NRL um, have pushed out their ideas. So we, we talked last week and the week before about um, a new team in Brisbane. Uh, the NRL is keen for another New Zealand side to be the 18th team um, eventually. They basically said 17 teams doesn't make a good competition. You've got uneven amount and they would like an 18th and they also envision potentially splitting the competition into pools so they have two pools um similar to what you see in american sport and kind of like what we see in super rugby um with the different pools they have there um the warriors um made a comment and the new zealand rugby league they commented and said they were a bit surprised about the announcement because um putting it in layman's terms new zealand's not ready for a second team they said um, the the under the undergrades just aren't at that level, which is part of this under twenties thing we just discussed. That's part of their goal to get everyone up because they said basically there's not enough top tier talent to 
fill up another team. Um, so what are your thoughts about another New Zealand team? I could kind of see that point of view. Um, I could almost say the same thing about Brisbane. I mean, look at Brisbane, got the wooden spoon last year and yeah. all the Queensland teams were fight, fighting down the bottom end of the table. But um, yeah, if they do, yeah. I hope it's Wellington, put it that way. Yeah, you know, I, can so, actually, um, I could see some games. <laughs> yeah. I would stay a Warriors yeah, I fan though. About it. Yeah. I talked about it um, when we discussed it on the last show, saying that I see Wellington's probably the ideal part, but I saw something from Phil Gould saying that he would pick a South Island team. Um, he said, like, have one in the north, one in the south, and mm. and then I, I started talking about it with guys um, on Facebook and said, if you're doing that, it would be Canterbury for me. Obviously, they'd have yeah. to call them Christchurch to not confuse them with the Bulldogs, but... Um, mm then you've all, despite calling them the New Zealand Warriors, you've basically got Auckland versus Canterbury. Mm. Um, it's a rivalry made from years and years of sporting um, events. You know, Aucklanders don't like people from Canterbury and likewise. Um, so I think that one would be ideal, but I still feel Wellington would probably get more crowds. Yeah, Uh Perhaps. I mean, you look at Christchurch and it's very much a union heartland, isn't it? I think I know that. I'm pretty sure they've got a decent sort of underground following of rugby league, but Christchurch, Canterbury will always be um, very much rugby union. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Wellington's been talked about before. If 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 they did it, that'd be cool. Which, um, if not, I can also see the other side of the coin where Maybe there's not enough talent to supplement another team, but yeah, we'll see, mate. I think, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, definitely. We'll wait and see. It's it's not a happening next year type mm. of idea. It's like two years away for Brisbane, and I think it's even further for the 18th team. So mm. um, there'll be plenty of time to figure out what they're going to do. Um, but um, speaking of places that don't have a lot of league, Adelaide Oval's um, set to host another State of Origin game um, in 2023 after a successful first stint hosting last year. Um, due to COVID, only 25,000 fans got to go to that State of Origin game in Adelaide last year. And they're talking that in 2023, hopefully COVID is, is not here anymore and they could potentially get up to 50,000 people there. Um, I think it's great for um, Adelaide to get it. I know they, they want to target Adelaide to try to get league in there. And um, I'm still hoping one day that they'll um, give New Zealand a state of origin game. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm with you there. I think most league fans in New Zealand would echo that, mate. It would sell out real quick, I'm pretty sure. That would be cool though, right? Yeah, and yeah definitely. And I see Simon just made a comment for the, the list of saying Christchurch needs another sporting franchise for the new stadium. Um, yeah, 100%. They, um, they need to have some other things there. And a second team will take pressure off the Warriors. I think that's true as well. Um, yeah. There's a lot of pressure being the only team from um, a country in the competition. Absolutely. Uh, Kane Witchman in, uh, on, on the Brad's Ramblings page says, uh, what do you think of RTS plays six um, for 20? Um, for me, it's a no. I don't think... I don't think he's creative enough to be a six. I think he's a good, a good finisher, a good add-on to to a, 
um, like a nice half, but I don't think he's got enough in there to make it um, a strength to the Warriors. Agreed. Yeah, I see him as a fullback um, and just having known RTS his whole career has been an outside back, you know, and I think being in the halves is a different beast and, and different responsibilities altogether. Um, yeah. No, for me, um, I've heard people mention it before, but I think he's he's our best fullback. Why move him from there while we've got him? Yeah. Definitely. And then the last bit of news, it's just a little one. Um, we did talk about it a bit last week, but um, Super League have actually confirmed that they will start on March 26th, and they're actually hoping fans return in May in round seven. So um, I don't know if you follow Super League too much, Richie, but we cover that on the show. And, um, mm. yeah, it's good to see them actually getting the season ready so we'll have some Super League stuff to talk about um, in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's good. Um yeah, I, I don't follow it as closely as the NRL, but where I where I um, can, I catch catch a few games. They're not bad, you know. I don't mind a bit of Super League. Um, yeah, some some of the games are quite good. Yeah, definitely. There's some um, there's some real good players in there. Um, some young ones that have the potential to come here, and then you get to see mm. some of the guys that left here, maybe didn't play in the NRL to their potential, and they're getting to um, find their groove. Ben Murdoch Masilla is probably a good example there where mm. he left the NRL early, not really living up to his potential, went over there, managed to play at a good enough level to go and represent Tonga. Um, his performance in the Tonga-Australia game where Tonga won basically put him into um, contention to get an NRL contract again. And um, mm. I know, I think, um, in an interview with Cameron George, he said the very next day after that game, um Murdoch was in the offices at the Warriors and they were trying to get him to turn up straight away. Um, took a bit longer, but he's here now. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of good talent there that you can watch. And um, apart from the time difference, um, it's always good to watch what I can. So, yeah, there'll be plenty more news on that in the weeks to come. So um, we may as well get straight into trials. Um, the first game we had was the the Raiders-Roosters, with the Roosters winning 26-20. to 20. Um, for me, I think Angus Crichton was the best rooster on the park. I, I don't think he played that well last year. And um, this this game here, he was just a constant threat on the left edge. And I think it's going to bode well for him in this season with the Roosters. Um, what were your thoughts on the game? That's more the real Angus Crichton, really, isn't it? Um, like you say, I don't think he was as consistent last year, but when he's... When he's on, he's he's a bit of a weapon. So, yes, I mean, like you, he stood out for me, um, which is good because, uh, you know, so like while trials don't really give you a, a true gauge of what's going to happen in the season, sometimes you can pick out and, and see when guys have have their heads switched on and have been training well pre-season-wise, and maybe he's one of them. Um, yeah, um, otherwise pretty decent game. Um, uh, with the Roosters coming back, coming over the top. So, what did you yeah, think of the I game? Think, yeah, I think um, one thing that um, I was impressed with from the Roosters side of things was their young halves combination. Um, Luke Carey had a bit of a hamstring um, uh, issue, so they they decided to rest him for the game. So they had um, Sam Walker and Lachlan Lamb mm. together, very young. Um, 
players, but I think they're definitely their halves pairing for the future. And I think I think it's probably going to be um, Lachlan, Lachlan Lamb that joins Kerry in the halves for round one. Mm. But uh, just both talented players and... Um, yeah, I think they're definitely ones to watch in a couple of years' time once Kerry's kind of hung up his, his hat, so to speak. Mm. But um, for the Raiders, they were leading 16-10 at half time, um, And um, the Roosters decided to keep most of their stars on in the second half when the Raiders took all of theirs off. And that's kind of where you saw um, the Roosters get ahead. So yep. I don't know if that's a reflection on the Raiders because you can kind of say it's the Raiders without their talent. Um and then to still um, only lose by a try, um, they'll probably bode them with some confidence. And I thought Josh mm. Hodgson, um, his return, he was out all last year. And um, basically mm. on this show and um, in general, when he was injured, I wrote the Raiders off. Said um, without Hodgson there, they're not going to do well. And um, they probably didn't get to where they wanted to be, but I thought they were still very competitive. So it's mm. good to see he's back. Um, it's probably strengthened them and made them title contenders just by the fact mm. that he's there. Yeah, he's big for them, isn't he? Um, yeah, you can see you can see the difference straight away in, in the Raiders when he plays. Um, he springs a lot. Um, whether he's running, passing, kicking, he's just one of those guys. He's sort of he has a bit of everything, and in, in a lot of their play seems to stem off him. I mean, like you say, they yeah. they they plug the whole okay. When he wasn't there, and they've still got good players like like Big Papa and and Whiten and guys like that, but they're a different beast with him in this in the side for sure. Definitely. And then the next game we had the Storm defeating the Knights thirty to ten. Uh, quite a comprehensive win from the Storm, um, but the yeah the injury to Harry Grant kind of soured their win a little bit. But um, Smith gets his time to shine. Um, Brandon Smith wants to be a hooker, so it's now yeah his chance to say I should be a hooker at any mm. club that wants me. Um, from what I saw in the game, I just think the Storm haven't really missed a step. They're kind of still in their mode from last year and rolling on. And um, yeah, I think they're going to be tough opposition for everyone this year. Um, that's definitely a, a game you're going to mark on your calendar as we've all got to show up when we're playing the Storm. Yeah, 100%. They just roll on, don't they? Um, yeah. Uh, you're in a pretty good position and you've got a pretty well-set-up club if, if you've got one of the greatest players of all time sort of going to step away and then you've got Harry Grant and Brandon Smith. That's just crazy. Um, but it's it's everywhere, you know. It's Pappenhausen. It's the Ford Pack. They've, they've got weapons everywhere. And I think I think they'll go deep again this year. Yeah, and they yeah they lost as you said Cameron Smith. They lost big Tino to the Titans as well. They lose talent, but they're just so good at developing talent that mm. they just someone disappears, they pull another one in, and it's still the same. Um, so yeah, always great for the Knights though. I think they didn't really show a lot in attack, and um, I think they're going to be counting down the days till Ponga comes back. Um, they really miss him, and um, the few times that they did get close to um, scoring, they were just held out by the Storm's defense. So um, Mitchell Pierce, I think for me, didn't really have uh, the best game, um, and they're going to have to rely on him um, mm. to get them through the hump until Pong is back, and then they both need to work together to try to get the Knights um, there. The Knights are one of the teams I said last year that I expect to drop out of the eight, um, and yeah, it, 
I didn't see anything that changed my mind. Tyson Frizzell, I think, played well, and um, he, he'll be a great addition to the club, but I still don't see them hitting that that playoff contender type of scenario. Frizzell is a positive. Yep, definitely. Um, but like you, I, I, I sort of see them fighting for the lower half of the bottom eight, maybe, um, or the top half of the bottom eight. Yeah, they've, they've got weapons. I just, yeah, I just don't know if they've got every piece of the puzzle. And Mitchell Pierce's head has to be on. Yeah. Um, from the evidence I saw on the game on the weekend, like I didn't think he had, had the best of games. But, yeah, like you say, I think that they will be very eager to get Ponga back and, and maybe he makes a difference on, on the confidence of the rest of the team. Definitely. And um, then the next game is probably the game I paid the most attention to was um, the Titans and Warriors playing to a 12-all draw. Um, tightest contest of the week. But um, I think from what I saw, both teams are rusty, but they showed me that they both have top eight potential um, if things go their way and they perform. Um, Big Tino, I just mentioned about the Storm, he was the standout for me in the Titans. And um, I think he could take signing the year away from David Fafita for them. Um, and his solo try, it was impressive. Admittedly, there was some horrible defense by the Warriors to allow him to do it, but um, it just shows that potentially has. Um, Fafita showed glimpses of the damage he can do, but I think the Warriors really contained him well um, for the most part. Um, Ewan Aiken, I think, had a lot to say about that, and I think he had quite yep. a strong debut. Um, Sean O'Sullivan brought in at the last minute. Um, was basically a speed a speed bump for Fafita, but um, you kind of expect that from a little halfback getting run over by a giant like Fafita. Um, mm. But yeah, I think for the Titans, I think Jamal Fogarty showed his, his potential. Um, mm. And yeah, they looked dangerous, but yeah, the Warriors looked a bit rusty, but started to build into it, um, kind of just taking up all the time here. So um, what were your thoughts on it? Um we were a bit rusty, um, not unexpected being a trial match, you know. Um, Big Tino's try was crazy. That was both fun and hard to watch. <laughs> I think you saw a couple of juicy grabs from Torhu and, and a big fend on, on Roger. But, yeah, um, it, was a, it was a fun game. Um, looked like a trial game to me, you know, a bit of not quite the polish of a, of a regular season game but we'll get to run it over again in a couple of weeks and see what each team yeah, loses about each other. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, they they face each other in round one. And I think um, before we move on, I think um, I've been talking a lot about the um, the pack. And I, I think the, the Warriors pack were really good. Um, mm. They were constantly getting go forward and getting the Warriors into the attacking area. It was just um, the backs kind of couldn't get it together. So I think... The Warrior, if the forward pack keeps doing what they're doing and Chanel comes back into that back line and we get back into what we're used to, then I think you'll see the Warriors actually starting to score some points. Exciting additions to our forward pack, eh? What do you reckon? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, a f- guys that, I'm a fan. Guys that can – yeah, I, I, I thought you would be. They're right in Brad's uh, mould of, of the type of player Brad likes. Um, but, yeah, it's nice to have some big boys that can punch some holes again. 
Definitely. So at the next game, we have um, the Bulldogs defeating the uh, Sharks 16-12. to 12. This one was actually one of my um, games I thought were quite exciting. The Bulldogs were down 12-0 at halftime, and I was concerned that it was the Bulldogs of the last couple of years. Um, but then they fought hard, like we saw a lot last year, actually, where mm. they um, just don't quit, and they, they fought back. Um, despite the loss, though, I think the Sharks played well enough in their first hit out. Um, like the Warriors, it was their only trial. Um, mm. Matt Moylan, I think, played one of his better games in a long time, um, pairing up in the halves with Townsend, like they used to. Um, if they can do, if they can just up it a little bit from what I saw, they could prove me wrong when I said they wouldn't make the playoffs. Um, especially they've got some guy called Sean Johnson when he comes back. Um, yeah. It'll make them a lot more dangerous. Um, what were your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, like you said, exciting game. Um, good for the Bulldogs to get a win. It's only a trial. But, um, yeah, the Bulldogs, to me, look a little bit better than in the past couple of years with the guys they brought in. You know, some nice some nice additions with Kotrick. I know he sort of went down in the game. Um, and then Kyle Flanagan and guys like that. Um, yeah, I don't... I don't know that that'll, it'll get them in the top eight, but I think they'll be a little bit better than battling for the spoon that like they have the past couple of years. Um, yeah. Sharks, I don't know. I sort of see Sharks, for me, similar to the Knights. Maybe, you know, battling for the Just, bottom half of the top eight. But, um, yeah. yeah, a lot's going to depend on injuries and what happens there and how Sean Johnson comes back. He makes a big difference to them, like we saw last year. A lot of try assists and and they ran a lot more smoothly when he was there. Definitely. Um, next game, I don't know if we really need to talk about it too much, but the Rabbitohs defeated the Dragons forty eight to sixteen. Um, the the Rabbitohs scare me right now, to be honest. Um, I, I think they they were just firing on all cylinders. Um, Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker were just having a field day. It was a training run for them. Um, Latrell scored a try. He set up a three others. Walker got a hat trick. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried about how good these guys will be this year. Um, Latrell looked decent, didn't he? He did. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know how much of it is the Rabbitohs were really outstanding or the Dragons being the opposite of that or somewhere in the middle. Um, but yeah, they look good. And I think looking at on paper, Rabbitohs look to be a, a definite top eight, pushing top four kind of team. Yeah, yeah. I think we need to put a little bit of an asterisk next to the result due to the fact that it is the Dragons. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it, it's those good teams where they, they play, it doesn't matter who they're playing against, they're going to play with the, the same intensity. So I think you'd be more concerned as a Rabbitohs fan if they narrowly beat the Dragons. Mm. Um, so, yeah, probably good for them there. For the Dragons, I think they just look sluggish, and I think they're in a whole world of pain again um, this year. Matt Dufty and Jack Bird, I thought, were the only highlights for me. Yeah. I thought they played um, good enough. Um, yeah. But in essence, for the Dragons, they just need Ben Hunt to be the player he used to be if they want to get themselves into playoff contention, but I just don't see it happening. Nor do I. I I actually saw somewhere, I read somewhere that Ben Hunt's made a vow that the, the Red V would be playing top eight footy this year. Did you read that? 
I did, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I see it. I, I, yeah, me too. I don't see it myself. I think they're they're fighting hard um, for the spoon. I think, unfortunately, but man, they might prove me wrong. But I don't. I don't see a lot out when I stack up every other team in the competition against the Dragons. I'm not picking them over a lot of other teams. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So um, next game, we had the, the Panthers beating the Eels 16-6. to six. Uh, Panthers kind of just uh, a bit like the Rabbitohs and the Storm, kind of leaving or starting the season how they ended last season. Um, they Their defense was just as good as what we saw um, last year in every game bar the grand final. Um, Cleary and um, Luai paired up nicely once again, and they both scored some nice tries. And Ivan Cleary's goal was basically making sure that these two stay healthy for the whole year they did it last year they were really good at keeping everyone nice and healthy and fit um probably better than most other sides so mm. they're probably going to hope for a bit of the rubber green and that again um i think they still look legit they've um going to keep a lot of teams honest they've just got to worry about that second year syndrome you know getting so close to the grand final all that pressure's on them to do it again so um yeah be interesting to see how these young guys go yeah, I, I think you're right. I think they're legit. I see them um, doing something similar to last year. I, I think they're a top four side. Um, even the Eels, I see them being top eight. Um, yeah. I, I, the Panthers just look like they're marching on again from last year. And and yeah. we'll see how they respond to going all the, way, all the way to grand final and then losing, whether they just pick themselves up again and go on another on another tier, but yeah, I, I think they're looking pretty impressive and, you know, getting Jerome Luai to sign on another year for that partnership. I think they look pretty decent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The Eels didn't show me too much in this game, but um, they just got too much talent to not be talked about to be a top eight side. Yeah. Agreed. Um, they still have the, they still have the talent there. I don't, I don't see them sort of, if I were to gaze into a crystal ball, I don't see them lifting any trophies, but um, I think they'll cause a lot of teams some problems and, and definitely be a top eight side. Too much talent, like you said. Yeah. And uh, then the next game, we had the Cowboys defeating the Broncos 34-18. to 18. Uh, Broncos came out of the gates quick. They were leading 18-6 at halftime. But then in um, the second half, it was around about the time when Todd Payton put Valentine Holmes back to fullback. Uh, the Cowboys just sprung the life, and um, he had probably his best game in a Cowboys jersey in some time. Um, so yeah, it's good to see um, good to see the Cowboys play well. But for me, the Broncos just it's the same team we saw last year, where they'll be competitive for forty minutes, and then after the halftime whistle, um, it's theirs to lose, and they just lose. It's it's what they know how to do. They've got to change that culture somehow. Yeah, that was straight out of the Broncos 2020 playbook, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Look like you're gonna have a pretty decent game, come out firing, and then and then just not show up out of the tunnel for the second half. Um, I don't know what they do to to amend that, uh, but yeah, you you look at their squad this year, and it's you take away a feeder and you're not really adding a lot a, a lot in. Versus what's going out, I don't. Yeah, yeah I don't see them 
um, pushing anybody too hard this year either, unfortunately. No. Um, Cowboys, Cowboys, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, again, I think I think those two teams are looking bottom half of the table this year. Yeah, I think if you're if you're a, a Queenslander, you're looking at the Titans and hope for for higher honours, and that's probably it um, yep. for me, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. You're hoping the t- Titans yeah. fly the flag for Queensland, I think. Yeah, and um, then going to the last trial, um, we had the Tigers wipe the floor with Manly, fifty-two to eighteen. Um, this is another game where we can put an asterisk because Manly, um, they didn't have anyone playing. Um, we had Shane on the show last week, uh, unfortunately mm. for him, a, a Manly fan, and um, they didn't play. Neither the Tavoyevich players, were, our brothers were playing. Tom obviously is injured. Um, but Dale Terry Evans, Kieran Foran, Dylan Walker, they all didn't play as well. Cade Cust went off early. Um, mm. So they basically had all reserve great guys playing and the Tigers wipe the floor with them as they should mm. uh, in that scenario. And that's why I think you can't read too much into trial games, really. Um, but the Sea Eagles, uh, Tommy Turbo are not going to be there for the first uh, part of the season. They might find it hard, you know. Um, uh, but, yeah, that was yeah. That, that got ugly, that one. <laughs> he ran up a big score. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it quite a bit last week where I said, I, I think they're going to struggle until Tommy Turbo's back. Um, mm. They've got a lot of good players. Um, Shane talked about how foreign coming back um, as well is probably going to help them too. Um, mm. Ch- Cherry Evans is, um, when he's at his best, he's one of the best in the game. Mm. Um, they just need to, to link up and um, they could have a shot. I know before the season started last year, People were talking them up as title contenders and then they fell away. Mm. I wouldn't go that far this year, but I think if if they can survive that first hump without Tommy Turbo, I think they could mm. potentially be a top eight side. Yeah, possibly. They lose Fanua Black from last year as well. So but yeah, we'll see. I think a lot depends on how how durable Tommy Turbo is throughout the year. They they yeah. they need him there to help out at Cherry Evans. Hundred percent. So, um, before we go into some fearless predictions, do we have any more questions from the the crowd, Paul? Yep. Now, just before we uh, before I get into the questions, just a reminder for you that you can uh, watch the show um, live at eight pm every Wednesday on um, the New Zealand Sports Radio Facebook page, YouTube account, and Twitter, um, as all as well as Brad's um, Brad's Rambles Facebook page as well. Uh, and if you miss that, you can watch recordings there, or you can listen to it as the podcast. Just search for New Zealand Sports Radio on your favourite podcatcher, and you can listen to us as you're doing washing up or the gardening or commute or whatever you fancy. Um, but yeah, Vicky Melville on the uh, Brad's Rambling page has got a couple. Of, uh, I cover off on quite a bit of this, but perhaps just something just to, to grab one or two here. Which 2020 playoff team do you think will struggle in 2021, and which 20 t- uh, uh, 2020 bottom eight side do you see succeeding in 2021? So, Brad, um, first up. Uh, who do you think is going to struggle from that top eight? Top eight, I could do. I, I can answer it in one. Like, I'd take the I'd take the knights and the sharks out, and I'd put the titans and the warriors in. Richard, that's exactly what I would have said. <laughs> um, yeah. Titans make good Easy moves, in, and so did we. Um, 
and the other two were struggling last year. But yeah, I agree completely. And then Vicky also asked, who do you think will be the signing of the year out of all the NRL new signings? Richie, do you want to kick us off at this time? For Noah Blake. Ooh, I'm going with Big Tino. Um, I think Big Tino from the Titans is going to surprise everyone. I think his signing kind of went under the radar with David Feeder, but I think he comes from the storm. He's got all that talent. I think he's going to do some damage. But, yeah, I'd love it to be Blake. Fingers crossed. Cool. Um, that's it, guys. That's it. Okay. So um, I've actually got a little bit of breaking news again. Um, Melbourne Storm, apparently Hughes has re-signed. Uh, with there the you Storm go. Until 2024. Um, we're waiting for the official confirmation, but the all the newspapers in Australia have already got all the goss. They said, yeah, he's signed on to 2024. Um so, yeah, we'll obviously have more about that on next week's show. But, yeah, just thought I'd better mention it while we're here. Yeah, so that couple minutes we talked about him possibly coming over here. Sorry, that's a bit of life you'll never get back. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, we'll talk about it a bit more in depth next week. But um, we may as well go into some season predictions. So, um we normally, when the season's actually started, we we pick who we think is going to win during the week. But I thought um, we'll, we'll put some lines in the sand right now and then at the end of the year we can see how right or how wrong we were. So my first one, I had grand final prediction and winner. So I predicted the Storm versus Rabbitohs with the Rabbitohs winning. What a... Yeah, nice. Um, off the top of my head, I think... Panthers might go back to back in the grand final. Um, and I think you're right with the Rabbitohs. I'm going Panthers, Rabbitohs, but I think Panthers maybe get it done this time around. All right. I'm writing that down. So you're stuck with that forever now. Yep. Um, Dally M, I've got Cody Walker. Yep. That could very well happen. He looked pretty sharp on the weekend. Very sharp, actually. I go, I've gone with Ryan Pappenhausen. I can see him keeping his level from last year, maybe even going a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, very good pick there. Um, top try scorer, I kind of painted myself in a corner last week, um, so I'm going to stick with Charlie Staines. Um, who have you got? I've gone David Northaluma. He was in good try scoring form last year. Can see it happening again this year. Um, yeah, I think I think he might yeah. have a good one. Yeah, he was close to getting it last year until um, Johnston decided to score a few. Um, few tries in the back end of the season. Yeah, so, exactly. um, yeah. Um, definitely a good contender there. And then my last one is just Wooden Spoon. Um, I've gone with the Dragons. We talked a bit about it there um, on their trial game. I just don't think they have what it takes. Uh, yep. I went Broncos. I s Broncos to go back to back. Hopefully yep. not. I mean, they're a very proud club, but... No, I don't think they're adding a lot from last year. Could be Dragons. You could be right. Hmm. Yeah, or we could both be wrong. Back-to-back yeah. <laughs> back wooden um, spoon on the training ground pitch, eh? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what the Broncos fans will do if they went back-to-back. Back. But, yeah, we talked about it on the show last year. It's where um, all the fans were throwing wooden spoons on the training paddock. And um, how it, it was a refreshing show of anger as opposed to the – setting jerseys on fire or 
things yeah. like that. I, it, was, it was a way to show your anger without being too over the top. It's quite funny to throw throw a wooden spoon somewhere. Yeah, I had a little giggle. You know, before feeling sorry for them, I had a little giggle. Yeah. I see. Um, for everyone listening at home, Simon Hughes he's just commented his grand finals, Canberra Penrith with Canberra winning, Dally M Jerome Hughes Warriors finish eight, and Broncos for the wooden spoon. Um, nice yeah. pick, Simon. Yeah, nice Canberra's picks. Canberra's good. I can see them going deep this year as well. Yeah, Canberra was one of my. Uh, my dark horses last year. I thought mm. um, they were going to do well. And then when they lost Hodgson, I lost confidence, but they've got a great side. Um, the current Dally M is um, running their back line. Um, yeah. So I think, I think they, that's a good pick. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's really it for tonight. Um, with no games this weekend, it means we'll have no games to review next week, um, but we'll be previewing round one. And um, as well as covering all the news, um, judging by the news that's been coming out as the show's on, I'm sure there'll be quite a bit of news to cover. Um, but yeah, thank you for joining me tonight, Rich. It's been great having you on, and hopefully you'll you'll come on soon again. Hey, thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, it's been a blast. Had some fun. So yeah, ho- hopefully I can join you again. Join you again soon. Yeah, definitely. And um, everyone at home, thank you for uh, tuning in tonight and joining us on episode one, season two of the Standoff for your weekly update on Rugby League. Uh, remember to tune into the podcast on iHeartRadio or go to Facebook and search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Thank you all for listening. Thanks. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.